Welcome back, everybody, to The Jedi Eternal, episode 22. Today, I am your co-host, Braxton Taylor, here with your other co-host, Andrew Ocean Man, leave me by the hand, Bowen, and... Andrew is digging some travel to uh, Florida. I was, so. <laughs> I was really curious what you were going to do today, and that was, that was far better than I could I just, have ever hoped I did for. it on the spot. I really didn't have anything to say. So, uh, yeah, he's taking some travel uh, yeah. f- to Florida. So uh, we may not actually be able to have our podcast, unfortunately, next week. We had some. Both of us had some travel uh, a couple weeks yeah. uh, in a row here. So anyway. Yeah, so next week, most likely, uh, we'll not have one. Yeah. However, if something does come up, we might be able to try to do something. Yeah, we might we might end up trying to do a little something, but it won't be our regular, yeah, you know, hour long podcast. podcast. Yeah. But uh, um, but we will of course be back uh, after um, July fourth. After that weekend, um, that following week, we will be back. So yeah. Yeah, uh, looking out for that. Yeah, so apologize for some of these interruptions, <laughs> uh, but uh, I know you guys uh, need a break from hearing them from us as much as <laughs> yeah. anything. So yeah, and you're welcome. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we do have lives outside of Star Wars. So. <laughs> unfortunately, I wish that was not the case, but it unfortunately is true. See, I mean, if this could be my full time job, I'd be very th- you know happy to do that. Yeah, that's so. the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. So you guys, if we got a Patreon, <laughs> all right. So let us move forward here into our news. So. Uh, yeah, so our first news of the week is Mark Hamill actually had a secret cameo in Mandalorian Season 1. And uh, I, I should have looked up his name beforehand, but it was the robot bartender uh, in the cantina. And uh, and I, I had a feeling that was him. And... Uh... <laughs> Hold on a second. My mom's talking to me through my watch. Hold on. Like, what is that? You just keep going. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. So, uh, Mark Hamill did, in fact, have a, uh, like I said, the secret cameo. Um, and he... Like I said, I, I should have looked up who he was and some of this stuff beforehand. Um, but he has a very storied history of uh, of uh, having these secret cameos. Because, in fact, if you remember correctly, um, we went over to uh, to the movie theater and we was watching uh, Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. And we was watching it for the first time. And uh, when, you know, that first scene where the Millennium Falcon is just like screaming through that place trying to get the, the you know, the, the spy intel or whatever, um, <clears throat> he he essentially, uh, they talked to this like alien dude. I'm like, dude, I swear that is Mark Hamill. Like that is Mark Hamill. He's such a distinctive voice. So anyway, obviously it did come end up being Mark Hamill in episode nine. And then so, yeah, I heard uh, that bartender in uh, in uh, Mandalorian. I'm like, man, that sounds exactly like Mark Hamill. And come find out it was. So now Andrew's done talking to his mom. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that's pretty cool. Drew, what are your thoughts? Do you uh, that Mark Hamill? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, what is that noise? Where's that coming from? Uh, yeah, well, I have the like walkie-talkie feature on my watch. Oh, wow. And uh, and so we got her one for Mother's Day. And so she's been like using it all the time to like randomly talk to me. And so, You know, Andrew works at a funeral home. So yeah. I'm sure that is very eventful. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, I I thought this was, was cool. I, honestly, you know, I... Personally, I know that Mark Hamill said he's done, he's done being Luke Skywalker. You know, he's he's played it all out. He's played out the entire story, and he's ready to you know kind of move on and whatever. <laughs> right. And that's fine. Yeah. I get that. Um, but I, what I would like to see is Mark Hamill not necessarily be done with Star Wars. Right. And so yeah, exactly. This is a way. You know, Mark Hamill's these days is more a voice actor, anyways, than than uh actually like being on screen and so if we could get mark hamill as a voice in every star wars project i'm all in kind of like you know with anthony daniels uh you know he's in i think he's in all of them so yeah all the movies and so if we could get uh Mark Hamill and like every project that happens, they bring him <laughs> right. in for some voice. Yeah. I think that'd be great. So, uh, yeah, I looked it up. So the, the bartender's name was uh, EV 99. So, but this is pretty interesting. Uh, Mark Hamill tweeted, uh, now that the Mandalorian secret is out, might as well reveal. I'm vocally represented in all star Wars films, except for the prequels. Thanks to Matthew Wood 
for using me in Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels. So I do have lines in Episode uh, Six. So anyway, oh, I'm sorry, I'm saving. I don't know. I'm, I can't read Roman numerals because I'm I'm a plebeian or something. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Do you want to take us to our our next news piece for the evening? Yeah. So our next one here is EA plans to double down on Star Wars games from now on. So this is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, because we recently <laughs> talked on the podcast about how EA's um, contract is uh, pretty close to being done. Right. Their initial contract, I believe it's next year, if I remember right. I think it was up to 2021. Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. Um, I don't have anything on paper to show me for sure, but yeah, it was something like that. And so we had talked about how you know it would be hard to do much more at this point because, you know, to start a game now is going to take at least, at least two years. Um, mm. But, you know, for a really big project, maybe three to four years. Right. And exactly. so it would be crazy of them to start a project now if their contract is going to dry up. Right. Yeah. So... So, yeah, I mean, I had some thoughts on that, too. I mean, so when they say they're doubling down on Star Wars games, either that means that they're going to go crazy in this time length that they have to push whatever they can out, or that means that they have already preliminary been seeking out uh, a contract. Again, exactly. You know, so. Yeah, so to me, that's what it sounds like. They're at least hopeful <laughs> that they're going to continue. Right. Uh, I'm curious to see on the Star Wars side of things uh, if they're as willing to do right. that because... Even yeah. though EA has now been seeing some success, they've also seen a lot of failure, a lot of failure yeah. and a lot of controversy. And so I could see them maybe wanting to distance themselves from EA a little bit. Yeah. But I think Jedi Fallen Order may have saved that relationship. Yeah. And that's, that was my, that's honestly what I was about to say as well. I, I was going to say that, you know, there has been a lot of reasons why Star Wars as an entity would not want to go back to EA, but after the recent successes of, uh, like, say, Battlefront 2, um, how it really turned itself around, in so much that um, they had petitions of people saying, like, oh, bring it back, bring more paid DLC, do all this, you know. So, obviously, there's some interest in it. And then I think the all-around, uh, pretty much just success of Fallen Order, like, everybody loved that. Um, yeah. And like I said, I think, like, I think that's what I was going to say. You know, I think that really saved it. So if there ever is a chance of Star Wars and EA making another deal, it was because of, of uh, Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, and if you look, um, they actually talked about kind of where they're at as far as sales go. With Battlefront 1 and 2, uh, the, those have been their top performers and sold combined around 35 million copies. Yeah. So um, that's some big numbers. That's not too bad. Now, yeah. again, <laughs> there was a lot of controversy with those titles. Um, the first one, people complained it didn't really have enough to it. The second one, they complained because of all the loot boxes and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, and plus it didn't have as much as and they wanted it, to. You know and they, yeah, and so, of course, that got a lot better. But then also what, what really surprised me is they're actually having and what they call extraordinary success with Galaxy of Heroes, which is the mobile yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually, I don't play that actively, but I have played it. It's fun. Yeah, I've played it as well. I, I, it's not my, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of right, turn-based right, stuff. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who, those people who like just a mobile game, that's kind of fun term based. Mm -hmm. I, I like for, for its merit, I really enjoyed it and it was really well made and things of that nature. So I could see it being pretty. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Good. It's uh it's definitely not bad. And, um, apparently they're having some pretty decent success with it. Yeah. And then, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which I would say has been their most critical success, mm -hmm. uh, has sold around 10 million copies. Yeah. So again, that's another um, huge success there. Yeah, absolutely. And so if if they continue on, you know, we will get, I'm sure, another Jedi Fallen Order um, a sequel. And and if they're gonna double down, and so we might even see some more, um, some. Well, you know what I want? I want I want a uh, nice little Republic style yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. And. I don't know why they're. Uh, yes, we have the Old Republic, but that's mm -hmm. an MMO. It's different. It's not. It's not like playing Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm still hoping for that. I I don't even. It, here's the thing. It doesn't even have to be Knights of the Old Republic. Right. Just give me a game in that style. Yeah. You know. I, I agree. And kind of backpedaling a little bit. 
talking about this and I apologize. I have like <clears throat> something caught in my throat in the area. Fine. Uh, I just had to clear that up until I coughed right into the mic. So um, anyway, with that being said, you know, I can imagine maybe Star Wars as an entity maybe trying to uh, making a shorter deal instead of like a 10 year contract, maybe wanting to go with like a three year or a five year. But with that being said, I guarantee that, uh, you know, EA is going to fight hard and try to say something along the lines like, well, it, you know, if we are going to do this, then we have to have at least a 10 year, you know, something like that. Um, but I, I just, I just think that, that there's going to be probably some compromise or some, there's going to be some negotiating there. Cause I, I know that people want at least at the very least, a Fallen Order sequel because right now that story is left untold, right? Like there's no end to that as of right now. Um, so we're going to have to at least get that. Um, and so like I said, I just, you know, kind of end up this news piece. I just got to say like there's probably going to be some back and forth between Star Wars and EA, yeah. I imagine. So, so anyway, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on to our rumor section now. And our very first rumor section is a two-parter, but we're going to go ahead with this first one here. And I know Drew's going to have a little bit more details for us, but... Ryan Johnson's trilogy that has been kind of rumored and talked about for a while now is reportedly still on its way. So, Drew, you know, do you have any more news on that? And what is your thoughts on, on this uh, trilogy? Yeah, so the Ryan Johnson films are still on track. This is according to LRM Online. Um, you know, back in 2017, it was announced that Johnson would be writing a completely new Star Wars trilogy. And... Then, you know, we've seen the controversy of The Last Jedi, and it's almost been three years since the release of that. And uh, according to this, it's still at work, and it's planned uh, to be the second movie that is scheduled for release. Yeah, so... Now, the bad part about this is... Okay, well, the good news is Taika Waititi... <laughs> let me go to the good news first. The good news is that Taika Waititi, uh, his movie, is scheduled to be the first one, which the first movie uh, that, as of, at the moment, is scheduled for release in December 2022. The bad news is, according to these guys, they have heard that it is no longer coming in 2022. It's coming in 2024. Like I said, this is obviously just a rumor. Just we a don't rumor, know this for yeah. sure, but but man, it really stinks to hear that vocalized. <laughs> yeah, and and you know oh, what? Man, I could see it being the case. I could too. With all the the delayed productions for this year and a mm -hmm. lot of things that had to be pushed back, I know that's a ripple effect. Plus, you know we already know, based off what we've heard and things, it doesn't necessarily sound like they know exactly what they want to do, anyways. Exactly. And so, yeah. the more time, probably, the better for them. But man, that's a long time before we get another movie. So, so let me jump back to actually last episode, um, episode twenty-one. Our main topic was talking about this um, this uh, connected universe and how there's yeah. going to be something every quarter. I could see this if this is true. I could see them pushing back the Taika Waititi movie to 2024 because they have all this stuff to fill the void. There will be so much content there, right? Despite the fact, and yeah. people might just be like, "Okay, yeah, it sucks that we don't have a movie, but hey, at least we have." 40 shows that are happening and, every and yeah that's exactly as, along the same lines that i was thinking because if if that connected universe mm -hmm. of disney plus series is true yeah then yeah we're gonna get a lot of star wars a lot of live action star wars that is accessible straight from our homes every week exactly and yeah. so um that would be huge and it would make that wait for a movie um a lot easier yeah but i still kind of hate the idea of waiting to 2024 well and here's the, let me say this real quick and i'm on the same page as you I, I i i love the idea of getting all these different shows but when you think about star wars and don't get me wrong i love the shows um i, I love them i adore them some like I, i've said this multiple times on this show is that clone wars is to me one of the best star wars pieces of media like period like I love it sometimes more than in the movies because it has so much character growth and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But when you think of Star Wars, in my mind, it's a movie, right? You sit down, you right. get on the couch, you pull up the blanket, you got your popcorn, yeah. and you watch a full-length movie. That's Star yeah. Wars, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're getting all these shows, and it's awesome, but it just it feels like filler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, I love The Mandalorian. It's oh, amazing. It was really yeah. good. 
but it's still to me a side story, you yeah, know. Exactly. And it fills. Yeah. It, it it doesn't fill the void of of that, uh, <laughs> right. you know, original saga movie. You know, like uh, exactly. Yeah. And 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 the other thing is, like these the the saga is so impactful, right? Mm-hmm. The things that happen in it are very huge to the entire universe. Things that happen in a Disney Plus series, I don't believe will ever be that. Right, they're not um, going to reveal something so yeah. too explosive. It's never going to be you know anything too huge for the universe. Right. And, and, and and let me say this is just because, and I know you're thinking the same thing, but I'm just going to vocalize it. Mm-hmm. The reason being is that the audience who's going to watch a feature-length film in theaters is much broader than someone who's going to be subscribed to Disney+. Plus. Right. Yeah. So them dropping something on Disney Plus is kind of like the whole thing of like a comic and a book versus mm-hmm. a, even the TV shows. Right. Yeah. You know, if they if they they're not going to drop this huge thing in a comic book because yeah. how many people actually read them compared to watch the shows? Right. Right. Exactly. However, so. you know, things are changing, and eventually we might get to the point where everyone being at home watching might yeah. be easier. <laughs> I mean, it's already in ways going to that where people don't want to go to the theater as much right Boo. now but the, the thing is is they can't make the money that they they can't make huge you're not going to make a billion dollar right, uh, right. Uh, record you know box breaking stuff on disney plus you're not going to do that right yeah and so that's where the movies of course are still very vital to them yeah and to the and their continuation of of things but the other thing that's interesting here is if we look at just disney um, big picture as far as releases go, they they always have a heavy hitter in December, right? And mm-hmm. if we, if so, Avatar is supposed to be next year, next December, right? Yeah. And then it was going to be Star Wars, and they yeah. were gonna, and then they were gonna go back and forth. That was the plan. So what, what does that mean if if we? This is why I feel like it, Disney would be hesitant to push it back to twenty twenty four, right? Because if if they have Avatar coming next year. Yeah. And then so what's going to happen in 2022? What's going to happen in 2022? Yeah, I don't know. And yeah. then unless they push avatars to every year, but Which you still don't want that. You know, you, I mean, I'm not the I, I like Avatar, but I'm not the biggest fan of it, but no matter what movie, you don't want to see it go back to back year to year because then the production value is decreased, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, which you know, they're making all the avatars at the same time, so <laughs> yeah. Some kind of weird way of doing I don't really know how it works, <laughs> yeah. but they're doing like multiple ones all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's Part of me feels like let's. I'm just hoping that 2022 is still the date, <laughs> right. but I can exactly. I could easily see it moving on. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we'll move on to our next rumor here, and uh, this is from StarWarsNewsNet.com, and the rumor here is Star Wars Squadrons may see the return of a character from the Clone Wars. So this character is one that was left out of the show's final season, um, and this is kind of I guess. Maybe potential spoilers for the the game. So if you have any problem with that, you can skip forward. If it's true. If it's true. But this is just a rumor. Uh, A new rumor indicates that one of the clone troopers introduced in the Clone Wars will have a supporting role in Squadrons. Hawk, a member of the 501st who accompanied Anakin Skywalker on campaigns to liberate, protect a bunch of places. I'm not going to read all of them, but you get the idea. (laughs) So what do you think about this? So, first of all, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, Hawk was actually introduced in, in Clone Wars, so he's not found anywhere else uh, mm-hmm. in Star Wars canon except in Clone Wars. So, it is interesting um, that if they were going to ever bring anybody in, it would be him. Um, yeah. So, so but that is that, that does play some pretty interesting implications because uh, we've seen, a, uh, there's been a lot of, of stuff recently about Order 66, right? We've seen that in Clone Wars and a few, you know, comics and all this stuff like that. And... Uh, so if Hawk is in this game, which happens uh, post episode six, um, we know that then he would have a either gotten his chip taken out or b he somehow disobeyed Order sixty six. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it, just as a generic general statement, I think it's interesting that they're going to try to bring him in and tie in the Clone Wars. Like I said, because I know that's something that you and I kind of hearken on all the time. Is I love to see different generations of Star Wars bridged together or different types of media yes, bridged absolutely. together. Yeah. But like I said, there, there's an even deeper interesting point and topic is that if they do bring him in, it, you know, what does that mean? How did, how did they, uh, how did he, you know, disobey order 66? You know what I'm saying? So interesting. Yeah. Thing and to then, about. uh, to add to that, the part of the rumor is also saying that Tamir Morrison <laughs> Um, who, of course, played Django yeah. and the clones in the prequels, 
is reportedly doing the voice and the motion capture for the character to reflect the more realistic character designs used in the game. Which I could see that because there's been so much talk that Tamira is coming back as as Boba, as Rex, as blah, 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 blah. You know, right, yeah. if he is, it's kind of like a circular thing because then if one's true, then the other's probably true. Yeah. And the fact that there's multiple different rumors about the same topic is telling me that it's very possible that it's true all of them because um if tamira is already in the states he's already uh working on this kind of stuff and you know so on and so forth they're going to try to get him probably in as much stuff as, as they can because yeah. they think of all this it's not you know there's no way it's coincidence that they've had these rumors that he's coming back as boba as rex now as as hawk for the game and then they just you know hot toys i believe it was uh, and I'm, uh, you know, apologize if that was incorrect. If, if there's the wrong company, but Hot Toys or one of them releases this this brand new Rex uh, figurine, and it's it, it's Tamira Morrison. You know, the realist. I mean, yeah. it, it it seems very plausible. It, it just continues to to line everything. Yeah, up, it seems right, very plausible. All the rumors we've heard so far. Yeah. So I think that would be great. Um, I would love yeah. to see that. And again, it's just to see that those generations kind of bridge exactly. together and things is always cool. Yeah. And you know, we've we've read about um, about the the clones, of course, that they age quicker. And so, I've seen people kind of complain about, well, there wouldn't be any more clones by that point. Yeah. Um, but clearly, if Rex is back, <laughs> also in this same similar time period, it would based off what we know about squadron so far, it wouldn't be that far off. Actually, uh, we might potentially be seeing Rex like even later. So, right. So they might be kind of going back on that a little bit, what they originally <laughs> right. said. Cause that was like in a novel, I think that really pushed the idea of the clones were, were kind of, um, they didn't, they didn't last very long. I, I can't remember they, what book it was. slightly Lords mention of the Sith, it in, maybe. in Clone Wars though, a little bit too. They might, yeah. I could be wrong. But, but I think Lords of the, of the Sith, the novel, I could be wrong. Someone might be like screaming at me. No, you're wrong. You but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's that novel they talk about. Like some of the clones are having to be like phased out because they're they're you know um, aging very quickly and can't yeah. really do their jobs anymore. Yeah. And um, and so if we're talking past the original trilogy, you know, Mandalorians like six years later after that, <laughs> uh, they'd be pretty old. If so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, a lot of cool potential stuff there. Um, you know, we, we obviously we're, we never know until it comes, but I just do want to end off on the fact that, you know, there's so many things, so many things that are coincidentally showing up with Tamira Morrison being in it. Mm-hmm. It is just interesting to think that uh, some of these might actually be true. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, well, let's go into our rumors, or not rumors, sorry, or to, our, to our releases. And uh, I have very sad news. There are no releases. <laughs> Nothing to note. Um, (laughs) What I do want to say is that um, the second novel in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy, Shadowfall, uh, was released on Tuesday, and I got my copy in the mail yesterday, and so I will be reading that, and uh, as soon as I am finished, we will uh, be doing a uh, review on here for you guys to... Um, let's do and we'll discuss um, and, and, and by the time we do that we'll actually probably go into spoilers because it'll been yeah. out for a while and so we'll, we'll just talk through all of it talk about cool facts and stuff like uh, so um, for those of you who are interested go ahead and pick that up and read through it and then you guys can even be part of the conversation maybe we can get a few questions from from people that have read it too and stuff yeah. so that'd sounds be good. like a good plan so, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into our Q&A segment where every week we make a Facebook post asking you all to bring us questions, topics, and more. Uh, so, as many of you already know, we always try to do three questions, topics, and suggestions a week. And if there's ever more, we put them into a queue. And right now, there is no queue. So, if you guys want to uh, ask questions next week, uh, well, yeah, well, not next week, but the week after, uh, you'll be directly in the first yeah and they can even um, go ahead and and just ask questions on our on our post that we made um on when when you're listening to this it'll be on thursday yeah um that that post was made so you can go on that and and go ahead and put questions down now and that's fine too absolutely yeah Yeah. uh because uh two episodes ago i think it was we actually didn't have like anything it was like a really rough week we didn't have it so we just like used our entire queue we had like 12 questions yeah. and we just blasted through them and now all. we can so now we can barely get any now so. we don't have any now you guys are just like well <laughs> holding guess we're not gonna ask you questions anymore 
<laughs> yeah, we, we love your questions. We really do. It's I one know, of yeah. it's one of my favorite parts is just hearing what you guys have to say and ask us. And so please, yeah. please, please, uh, don't don't stop doing that. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah, so. Absolutely. And uh, if you if you, there's I know there's a lot of people who listen who don't who's never asked a question yet. So yeah, we, we know you, you are. <laughs> we, we know you are. No, we ask you guys, uh, truly, just ask a question. We love to hear from you all, even if it's just something like, yeah. you know, just ask us some simple thing. I and don't again, know, whatever it yeah, may be. There's no know? there's no wrong question to to ask. There's no question too simple. Right. Uh, we we um, are happy to answer um, any question from a uh, beginner to very um, deep and experienced. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we like to answer all of them, so... Yep, absolutely. So, with that being said, though, we do actually have a uh, a full set of three this time. So hey. awesome. Um, so this week's first meow, question. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, this first uh, wait, you got me all mixed up now. Good grief. Our first question comes from Kristen Perry, who asks, "Could you talk about the process of a Jedi getting their lightsaber, and then the process of a Sith getting their lightsabers?" So, um, there is. Infinitely larger amount of stories and, and, and things about how Jedi get their lightsabers rather than Sith. Um, so now, you know, just off the top of my head, there are two very, very good examples of how uh, Jedi get their lightsabers, and, and both of these are canon. Um, so the very first one we see comes from the Clone Wars animated series. Um, and and, and uh, so it was during the time in which the Jedi Order uh, was, you know, was around and, and everything was going good and stuff like that. Uh, for the Jedi, and it was uh, their process was that all Padawans would go through, uh, and I I, I, I should have probably looked up the the name of it, but basically they have to go to Ilum and they have to go with Yoda to get their Kyber crystals essentially, and yeah. um, and then once they have harvested the Kyber crystals, then they go back onto the ship and on their way back to Coruscant, uh, they they are met by an old Mark IV architect droid called uh hu yang or huyong huyong something like that yeah something like that <laughs> anyway long story short huyong has helped all these padawans throughout many 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 generations uh build their lightsabers and he helps customize them for them and stuff like that so that is um how they are made during the time of the jedi after that uh the only canon i, th I believe not i i Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only You're canon. Wrong. Okay. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening today. Anyway, um, the only canon time uh, that we see post Order uh, Order sixty six is actually in a recent thing, which was Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and uh, Cal Kestis actually goes and gets his own Kyber crystal and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. But uh, at the time, Cal already had a uh, an actual saber. He just didn't have the crystal yet. Um, and so how they, how they create them, how they make them post order 66, that's up to debate. Um, we, I don't know a canon, uh, yeah, answer for I mean, that. I, I would say, um, past order 66, there was no longer a structured mm -hmm. manner, um, or way to go about it. It was more of just kind of following the force. And we see that right. with Cal where he spoilers. If, if you care for Jedi fallen order, if you haven't played it by now, you're crazy anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm totally Do kidding. Do you but. even really want to know at this point? I mean, come on. But, um, but yeah, like the, you know, he's kind of just following, uh, the force, the force is guiding him to, um, the crystal that he needs exactly. and all that stuff. And I think, yeah. so I think that there's no, no longer a structured format on how, how you get one. Now Luke yeah. may have came up with something. So once he gets, here's my, here's my such, thought. But. Here's my thoughts on this. Uh, Luke, and this is, I was kind of thinking about this, Luke, you know, he, he didn't have the Jedi order to teach him how to make a lightsaber. But first of all, we know that he is, he's, he's a pilot. He works on machinery back at his mm -hmm. family's farm, so he knows how to make stuff and work on stuff. Secondarily, he already had a reference before he made his own, which was his dad's lightsaber. Well, yeah, and bringing that up, um, we also have to realize that the comic is about to touch on this subject. Very true. Because yeah. he, at, true. At, at the moment, has lost his lightsaber, mm -hmm. and um, we know that he is going to be meeting up with some kind of entity entity <laughs> whatever some, it is some yeah. kind of past jedi current jedi i don't know something yeah, yeah and um and that very well might be how he ends up with his next lightsaber yeah so at some point now we we've seen a picture with him with a yellow one 
Yeah, uh, that's so true. he true. borrows one or something. I don't know, yeah. but I think we're about to touch on some of that. So, so yeah. So, Kristen, keep your eyes and ears open for the new uh, the new Star Wars comic yeah, that's going to be coming out. Yeah. at some point. I don't. Whenever that may be. Coming uh, out. It's still a while away. I think maybe yeah. August. So that's going to answer our. So we already know how it happens pre Order sixty six, but that's going to probably get shed some light better into how it happens canonically, canon canonically uh, post Order sixty six. Yeah. So. Now, in terms of the Sith, because she asked about how the Sith gets her lightsaber, and um, we, we do see some examples in, in Legends and things of that nature, but we yeah. don't really have a solid answer in canon. But yeah. essentially how they do it in Legends is essentially it's a it's this ritual called the bleeding. And uh, they take a, it's either a stolen kyber crystal or the one that they've harvested, quote-unquote, illegally from Ilum. Mm-hmm. And then basically they just pour their hate and their rage. Yeah, into so it. that's actually the canon. Oh, is it? Yeah. So oh, okay. bleeding is a is a canon thing. That's a new okay. I didn't that's a new that. thing um, that they introduced in I believe the very first um, uh, talk of it was in the Ahsoka novel. Well, that shows how and, how read up I am, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 since then they've they've talked about it in other things as well. But yeah, um, that bleeding effect is how they turn their lights their lightsabers red. Yeah, I guess now that I think about it. The legends was that it was synthetic. Well, yeah, in legends there there was like I think supposed supposed to be actual, um, like uh, Sith crystals and different. Yeah. There was a bunch of different things. And, Which legends you and never they even had, know. You they know had their own trials and stuff, and you even see some of that kind of thing in Knights of the Republic and yeah. different things. But yeah. but in canon, the only thing we know right now is just the fact that they did bleed their crystals. Right. And just like you said, they put all their hate and anger and everything and fueled it and basically like like uh in a sense destroys what the original crystal was meant to be and it becomes and right and that's why every one of them are red because that's the most unnatural color that it could be yeah and 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 that's one of my i have to say as far as lore goes that's one of my favorite things that canon has done is is introduce that yeah i i really love that explanation for red lightsabers yeah and just for the sith in general i just think that's great yeah i agree so uh great question um like i said uh in terms i hope that answered your question but also in terms of how it happens post order 66 for jedi um and uh, light side force users keep your your uh, eyes open and ears open for that new comic so our second question comes from David Gill, who asked if they could bring back any fallen Jedi or Sith like they did for Maul, who would uh, who would you want it to be and what would you want their story arc to be? So uh, I, I have to say right off the bat, I would just love, love, love for them to see uh, them uh, to bring back Palpatine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I had to do it. Anyway, um, honestly, I, I don't know. I think there could have maybe be a better answer, a more in-depth answer, a cooler Legends. I don't know, whatever. But for me, honestly, I would love to see Windu come back, uh, Mace Windu, because I think he really got the shaft. I really think they gave him the boot in Episode 3 um, because he didn't deserve to die that way. And it, but it had to happen because of the. Uh, it was the last episode of the prequel trilogy, and he did not exist in in the original trilogy. So they had to kill him off, and there had to be this like yeah. turning point for Anakin uh, to to turn to the dark side. Um, it, so he had to kill one of his own or whatever. But the point is, I don't think Mace Windu deserved the what die the way he did because he was how, as powerful as he was, um, and I just think he deserves to come back. I have some ideas about an arc. Uh, as to what that could be, but Drew, what what do you who do you, would you want to come back? Well, b- before I say that, I do want to say I I think there's still potential out there for Mace Windu to eventually come back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely. Agree. You know, there's a lot of people that have been debating on that for years, but you know, with the way that he was was killed, yeah, uh, by just being like flung out the the window, yeah, uh, for a Jedi, that's not that's nothing, right? Well, so, we see them jump from crazy heights yeah. all so the time. Yeah. I I like to think that um, he very well. Uh, could be back eventually mm-hmm. one of these days. Someone's going to bring him back, but we'll see. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, really, Andrew? But Obi-Wan Kenobi, bring him oh, back. Oh, <laughs> no, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, you know, I love no. Obi-Wan just as much yeah. as anybody. So I mean, I know what you for mean. me, it'd be like a what if story where you bring, where Obi-Wan doesn't die on mm-hmm. the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And instead, um, you know, continues to help Luke. And I personally think that it could have brought a whole 
um, another deep level to the final movie in that final confrontation had Obi-Wan been there as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I think for me, Obi-Wan plays such an important role alongside Anakin in the prequels and then starts out important in the original trilogy. And I think it could have, I think it could have went on and made for a very interesting. Story. So who knows? I mean, maybe when, uh, when, you know, Darth Vader struck Obi-Wan, I think Obi-Wan was actually using force projection. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that's something right there. Yeah, and that's so, something. Actually, so what uh, happened is he used force projection to make everyone think that he died, and now he's living uh, with a, a, a woman interest and living his oh, life. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's living with Mace Windu somewhere, and they're oh, actually together. No, right no, now. that's oh, okay. not, not what I was going to oh, say. Okay. I <laughs> oh, yeah. and also Satine faked her death, and uh, so they're living together. Okay, I want to make this clear. So. Brexton's just like saying. Uh, random things. I'm right just. Now. He's, yeah, I don't actually he's think playing. That, right? He doesn't believe any of that. Um, I mean, do I? I don't know. So, <laughs> but <laughs> so, anyways, I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, but honestly, if I'm gonna be, and of course we've talked about Qui Gon and like how that could have. I think that'd be another Ooh, that would be a way to look too. at it. Yeah. But my honestly, my my true answer to this is uh, Luke Skywalker. Yes. I absolutely. He did not deserve. I didn't want him to die. Deserve, if it was yeah. up to me. Um, he wouldn't, he would, I would, before any other character, I would make sure that he was back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that there was, I think there was a better story to tell. I just did. 110%. I, yeah. Uh, Luke, yeah. Luke Skywalker had, had more he could have done and we'll never see it, but <laughs> we'll never see it. But if we, if we could snap our fingers and, you know, bring him I'm back, like you, if they just remake that last Jedi movie, then <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. Anyway, so let's go on to our third question uh, and our final question for our Q&A segment for today. And that comes from Stuart Soprano. And he says, um, I would sure like to know if they would make a Palpatine movie or a Yoda movie in a three-part trilogy or series. So, um, honestly, I think that it would probably be very difficult. How do I say this? I don't think that it would be difficult. I just think it's kind of improbable that they would do that. But due to Disney's, you know, propensity to bring Palpatine back out of nowhere, <laughs> and we did see Yoda and uh, and uh, Last Jedi actually, um, it is it is not an impossibility. I do think it's highly unlikely that we'd probably see some kind of you know singular movie set for either of those characters. But uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's impossible. Uh, Drew, what are your thoughts on that? Well, so for for a long time now, we've had rumors of both of these oh, yeah, in, yeah. in some type of, of talk or production or yeah. um, with Yoda and Palpatine. We actually just talked about Palpatine last week mm-hmm. about him uh, having a series in the works, well, right? like, a, like, a like a prequel, prequel type things. Yeah. And um, on Disney Plus. Now, I think for Palpatine, that would be the way to go. If sure. they do it, it needs to be probably a Disney Plus series. Take your time with it. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it needs to be a, a series so that you can really dive deep into, into Palpatine. And then with right. Yoda, Yoda's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle with the, with the idea of Yoda being the star of his own movie. I think Yoda makes a great, um, backup character of sorts. Yeah. I think he, I think he does, that's his best role is when he's kind of that, um, support character right um if you were to do a full movie and let's say it's like in his younger years um i just i don't know i'm not sold on that the problem with that is that yoda is like and i don't mean this in a bad or disrespectful way but uh you know he's like this omniscient character you know he, he he's super powerful he's he's very little known other than one other time do we ever see anyone of his species i guess now two times but you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and um it would be difficult to have a Yoda series because then we would have to start deep diving more into his story. And then that would take away the mystery of his character. And and many would argue for the same for Palpatine. True. Um, True. But I personally think we've gotten way too many things about Palpatine to not finally know what was going on. Sure. Uh, Yeah. I I want that whole story. And I kind of want to see, I refuse to believe, you know, I could see them making like, Oh, he was just this down on his luck kid who scrapped his way to finally being a senator, and but then like because of his anger towards everybody else, he turned into a sit. No, I want to have almost like a 
a mystical like previous past, like when he was born or when he was young, you know, I don't know what it would be. But if we did see a story about young Palpatine, I wanted to be not just like, oh, this hard on his luck kid scraps his way to, to, to power. You know, I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in 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 my head, uh, Palpatine was influenced by Darth Plagueis from the get-go, probably yeah. from as a very young child. So yeah, exactly. I Maybe even, maybe under his care from the beginning, you know, type yeah, you of never deal. Know. And yeah. so that's, that's what I choose to believe. I don't, I think he had been in that from very young age and then of course was manipulated his way into into um politics but yeah exactly well so uh Stuart, i hope that i mean like i said uh, I, I hope that kind of answers your question I, I so basically to sum that up you know um there is rumors there is talks about palpatine mm-hmm. now i don't we i i, I think yoda is much more unlikely than palpatine but it is a possibility that we're going to see something about Palpatine. Yeah, well, and I so. want to also say with Yoda, I, again, think it would be best to be a series on Disney Plus more so than a, like a movie trilogy. Right, exactly. Um, and that's the yeah. thing. With, with When it comes to any character, I think it does work better as a, as a series. Like a singular character. Yeah. Yeah, instead of, because when you, you know, instead of, because you can't dive into a character very for very much in a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. Where if we once when we're telling these big, big uh, galaxy um, ending stories, <laughs> right. that's where you get the movie trilogies for Star Wars, and you right. know, and it tells this big cast of characters. But when we're focusing on these singular characters, um, and they're more of like a character study, uh, especially a like a Palpatine mo- would be yeah. very much about um, his, where he's at and politics and things that that's Disney plus is the way to go. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I know several years ago, uh, there was a lot of rumors. I remember, I literally remember this back in 2012. There was these rumors going around that there was going to be a Yoda movie, a yeah. Han Solo movie, a yep. Chewbacca movie, Boba Fett movie, mm-hmm. uh, or show or something like, that. I don't remember, but those four. And, but yeah. now we never, it never came to fruition, obviously. Um, and it, they never really had the medium to do it, but now that they have D- Disney Plus, it's the perfect medium. Right, exactly. Perfect medium. Yeah, to and that's do this. why, uh, that's why even like the Boba Fett rumors might very well be true. Mm-hmm. I still think it's, I still think it's crazy that we might get a Boba Fett series alongside the Mandalorian series. It would be a little crazy. That to uh, me, I think it might take away almost from the the show a little bit. You yeah, know that I feel like for some people that would be very confusing. Right. Um, <laughs> so maybe you know, it comes later though. You know, maybe they introduce Boba Fett into the Mandalorian, and then they make the show afterwards or something. Well, I like think that. that's definitely how that would work if it's done. But I still it still just, might be confusing. I still just think yeah. it might be kind of confusing. But I'm for it. I mean, yeah, give me. But I'm I'm for about anything. Give me all the Star Wars you can give me. <laughs> right. So anyway, so Stuart, you know, now that we have Disney Plus, it is you know there is a more likely chance than we ever have had to get something yeah. like that. But uh, you know, so who knows? Who uh, knows? Look to the horizons and. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys for your questions yeah, today. We absolutely. really appreciate it. Yeah, a lot of great questions, and we invite all of you. Uh, like I so said, we're going to take a week break again because uh, Drew has to travel. Um, so uh, week after next, um, we hope to have some good questions in as well. So yeah. so please make sure that your questions are in, and we'd love to talk to you guys please. and talk about them. Sorry. <laughs> so now, please. let us move on to our main topic, and what an exciting main topic we have yeah. today. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't been saying much about it because we want to kind of just – Keep it under wraps and stuff, but but as of Monday, uh, something really monumental happened, and that was the releasing of the first chapter of Star Wars: uh, The High Republic: Light of the Jedi, which is the very mm. first first book installment to the High Republic series, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and or the project, I guess you could call it. Uh, it was supposed to come out in August. But due to delays, it got pushed back to January. Yeah. So so now Delray Books has exclusively went through IGN, which is kind of an odd but weird, cool thing. Um, yeah, interesting they, choice. Yeah, odd choice, but cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> and they have released the full first chapter of the uh, entry book uh, out for free that you can go read it. And we did tag it. Uh, I did tag the article from IGN in our on our page, mm-hmm. so go check that out. But today we would like to we've read it, um, and we would like to do kind of two things. We're gonna do like a kind of a spoiler free, just kind of hit on what uh, it's about in general, like what it makes you feel, you know, what it's trying to do. Then get into a little bit more spoiler, just talk about the characters that you see, and then we're gonna talk just briefly about um, what we're probably gonna see in the future, just our expectations. So. Yeah. 
So, Drew, do you want to lead off? I can lead off. Whatever Go ahead, lead off. Okay. So, first of all, so like I said, let, let's talk about the non-spoiler, just kind of what we see. So, the first chapter, um, kind of in my opinion as I read it, it really helps kind of set up the world at the time of the High Republic. Um, bef- right even actually before the, the chapter itself, um, it has kind of like a preface i guess that you could call it yeah and it literally just talks about how you know it tells how the time is the peak of the jedi order in and how you know they're much less involved uh, in pub uh, politics and, and they're not really as ingrained with the republic as they are uh, in episodes one two and three um and and this is kind of like again like the height of the jedi uh there are more peacekeepers and kind of to themselves that they, they just work with the republic they're not yeah. a part of the republic and even the republic seems to be quite an outstanding um yeah uh thing going on like there doesn't seem to be a lot of corruption yet and things no. yeah there. yeah which is pretty interesting it talks about that and how um uh you know it talks about how they, really it's a time of peace yeah. You know, there's not a lot of bad things happening. The the Jedi, like I said, they're the peak. They're 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 um, uh, perfect version of the Jedi who are peacekeepers. They they uphold the the, the law. Um, there's no corruption. You know, they're not dogmatic. None of that. The 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 government is not corrupt as it was during the late ages of the Republic. Um, and basically, it just it, it really in throughout this whole chapter is setting up this world. You can tell that it's setting this broad platform uh, of what to expect. And I think even one of the phrases from the preface was that, uh, you know, uh, how do they say it? Um, basically, something along the lines that, you know, it was a time of peace, but there's always people who tried to meddle with it or something along those lines. Yeah. And also, I will say that they talk about some new ships, uh, mm-hmm. some new ship types, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they talk about some uh, new types of droids and things of that nature, which is pretty neat. Um, I won't get too much uh, into that until, you know, in, in a second when we get into the spoiler part. Um, but last but not least, in, in the non-spoiler part, I just think that essentially they're trying to set up that the world, it is almost like a, you know, it's almost like a cowboy type uh, setting, you know, you have the the inner rim, like like uh, Coruscant stuff that is very well civilized, and that's where the government is for the Republic. You have the mid rim, uh, which is actually, you know, they're they're getting there. You know, it's it's established place now, but it's not nearly as established as the inner rim, as you would see in episodes one, two, and three. And then now the outer rim, which is actually established in in uh, you know one, two, and three, but. Um, the outer rim is very, you know, there's settlers that are actually going there. They're settling, you know, they're, they're exploring. They're still exploring the outer rim. You know, we know the outer rim. Yeah, it's the outer part of the galaxy. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's well mapped. Everyone knows where things are and stuff like that. Yeah. But this one, they don't. So it's pretty interesting to see that this setup is, uh, you know, really just trying to... Uh, uh, explore that world setting. So, sure, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the on kind of like the non-spoiler version of what you see on the? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered it pretty well. But like, there's it. It is interesting to kind of see. You know, it's in a different state. Uh, we're not. You know, the galaxy is not at war. Right. And that I mean, everything we've witnessed in Star Wars is um, war. And <laughs> right. so this is yeah. one of the first stories where there there isn't a war. You know, really mm-hmm. yet. And uh, now I know we're kind of this story is clearly going to lead into conflict, right? Sure. But yeah. but um, it's just interesting to see that it is a time of peace, and uh, and and what an interesting um, beginning uh, for mm-hmm. this story, and um, also darker than I expected. Well, yeah. So we can get into that. Yeah, a and I'm bit not going to say but, any, anything as far as. But it what. does. It does get a little darker than I expected, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A very um, a dark twist to to the very beginning of this of this potential. I dare I say saga. I mean, you know, yeah, whatever you want to call it. And, and let us also preface that the uh, the uh, this is a Del Rey book, so it is an adult book. Yeah. Um. In the in the uh, writer for this is Charles Charles Soule. Um, so he has written some pretty, you know, like, you know, now I'm not going to say mature work or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? He works in pretty mature stuff. Yeah. That's it's, it's, uh, can get dark and stuff like that. And it is reflected in, in this chapter. Um, yeah. some very cool stuff. So, um, do you have anything else to say before we move to the spoiler? I say let's part? just go full spoiler so we can right. talk it so out. So spoiler alert, 
if you haven't read, I mean, it's free. It's out there. Why yeah. not read it? I mean, you guys can go ahead and just listen to us talk about it and then go read it afterwards uh, to get yeah. hear it for yourself. But if you don't want to hear it, if you just want to wait till the book comes out, spoiler alert. Now's your time to flee. Now's your time to flee. So now that everybody's gone, three, two, one. All right. <laughs> so let's just go ahead right off the rip here and just discuss just for a minute what we see the, the very first thing the first chapter uh begins to illustrate and features a woman named Hedda Cassett or Cassette or Cassette or however you say her last name um and uh, basically to make a long story short she is the captain of a merchant ship called the Legacy Run and she ships freight she ships people uh you know travelers um she ships special cargo and she used to be a a, a military woman that retired and now, like I said, she runs this merchant ship. But really, the whole beginning and in, in the middle, even, of this chapter, is, like I said, is just trying to set up the world, is trying to sh- uh, set up who, who she is, and, and that she's, like I said, she's this very seasoned post-military captain. And, like I said, the main job uh, we see her doing in Chapter 1 uh, was to transport some settlers from uh, the inner rim to the outer rim, about 9,000 people, in fact, So, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, and like I said, like the whole beginning and middle part of this chapter is just trying to illustrate and show the relationship that she has with her crew and what life is like being on her ship, whether it be crew or, or, uh, or uh, people, you know, just aboard it. Yeah, and it shows, uh, you know, her interacting with, like, the, the younger children on the, the mm-hmm. ship and, you know, kind of shows uh, she's almost like a motherly figure to yeah. them, you know. <laughs> like, like stern but kind type well, Yeah, well, thing, they, they try know? to access some, some age-restricted videos <laughs> and she's, like, having to get on to them about it. And she's like, I know what you guys have been trying to do. I know what do. you're doing over here. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was funny. But. That was funny. And it's, like, it's pretty cool because, like I said, she, she like says she, like, runs – Hedda runs this like a very militaristic, you know, uh, a ship, even though it's just a freighter, you know, but she's like, you know, everyone, every time she comes on deck is like captain on the deck, you know, and then right, captain right. leaving deck and, and she has lieutenants and all this stuff like that. Um, but yeah, but then she goes through and she's, she's transporting all these settlers to, uh, to the outer rim to colonize. And like I said, it's just pretty cool. Cause she's walking through, she's checking on everybody's checking on the cargo and stuff like that. So, like I said, the first and middle part of the chapter doesn't have a whole lot going on. Like I said, it's just trying to set up the world. It's trying to set up who the character is and mm-hmm. and what's going on. But as the middle to the end of the chapter rounds rounds out, uh, there's a pretty big pretty big change um, yeah. to to the to the story, and the Charles Soul's darkness <laughs> really yeah. starts shining through a little mm-hmm. bit. Darkness shining through, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, and and so basically, to give just a short little uh, thing, like so, they're 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 traveling through hyperspace. She the whole time she's talking about how she distrusts hyperspace, and which is actually pretty cool. I don't, Drew, I don't know if you caught this, but hyperspace at this point during the High Republic is actually something new um, that they just apparently just started using. Yeah, in, they 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 definitely don't know how it all works yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is pretty interesting. Like they've been using it maybe for a little bit. Uh, just enough where it's kind of commonly used, but she's still like, I don't trust it. You know, it's, you know, people can have one miscalculation of, of a certain droid. I don't even remember. I, I should have wrote it down, uh, but there's a certain droid that she names um, that controls the ship. And uh, she's like, if, if that certain droid, you know, nano droid or whatever, uh, miscalculates one little thing, you know, you can be lost in the ether and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, but what's interesting is that like all of a sudden she, you know, she's talking like, all right, this is a cake run, you know, we can easily do this. And, and, uh, you know, she's just sitting back and saying like, oh, how, how life is so different from her military days and stuff like that. So she sits back and relaxes and all of a sudden, you know, like bah, 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 my alarm goes off and uh, something huge, like some, it doesn't explain what it is, but some huge object comes right into the middle of their hyperspace lane. Right. And uh, she has to take control and, uh, and she, she tries to whip it around this huge object mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and she does, she like, she barely just grazes, it misses it and stuff. But the problem is, is that, uh, like I said, it's a huge freighter. It's not this military ship that she's used to driving. Yeah. So what's really crazy um, is that she whips around this thing and and she's she's just just barely misses it and like they're kind of everybody on the decks kind of like looking at her like yeah you know we did it you know but in in the whole time the 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 hull of the ship is like you know you know mm-hmm. the metal and all of a sudden eventually to the point where it starts breaking and and also starts tearing. 
And uh, actually, I have an excerpt from the last part here, and I thought this was pretty awesome. She actually starts hitting all the, the buttons where all the, uh, the bulkhead doors would lock in every department and try to save all the civilians and save everybody. Yeah, and she's saying she hoped the children had ran to their families yeah, I hope the and children stuff ran, when they, they heard get... the alarm. and Yeah, so setting up for this pretty big part. So I want to read this last excerpt, which okay. is a couple sentences here, but it's, it, it just, it's pretty chilling, but it's fantastic writing. And it says, Hedda locked eyes with her first officer who was staring at her, knowing what was about to happen, and he saluted. Captain, Lieutenant Bowman said, it's been an, and all of a sudden, the bridge ripped open, and Hedda Cassett died, not knowing if she had saved anyone at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, dude. It's quite the, the, dark, uh, the dark ending there. Like, that's a Star Wars book. Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe that. I mean, I could, I guess. But yeah, it was just so crazy. Uh, and, and what's interesting is, you know, the chapter begins, the very first thing the chapter begins with is all is well. Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. With. That was and really then, funny. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes through and then by the end, you know, all is very <laughs> well. All is me. not very well. <laughs> well. So what's interesting is what is this big object, right? What is this thing that just randomly popped up yeah. in the hyperspace lane? Well, we have to assume it's part of the... Uh, the enemies, the which, hill or what, Nile what or whatever, the, the Nile. Nile, right? that's what it was. Yeah, uh, we have to assume it's something that to do with them, right? Of course, you would you would, yeah. uh, you would assume, yeah, uh, whether it be so one of their uh, ships or something. I don't really know. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, so it's a big moment. But then, what is uh, so big about this is is what happens after, um, the the ship has been destroyed um what is the ship called again uh, the letter i just wrote it down uh, legacy, legacy run. run yeah so i don't know if you read this or not but uh charles um also talked about a little bit more with ign about the the story and he said that the destruction of Legacy Run is the catalyst for a galaxy-wide disaster because fragments of the destroyed cargo vessel are flying at hyperspace, right? Yeah. So they are going at super accelerated speeds. Wow. And they're going to be going all over like different, different directions. directions going all through different <laughs> from the core all the way to the outer rim. And uh, they can basically means that they're deadly missiles of debris that can appear anywhere at any time. Oh, gosh. That's nuts. So I actually didn't read that yeah, part. I didn't see that. So that is what is so big about that moment. Yeah. It's a catalyst, too. Exactly. So, 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 so I was going to say, so overall, the chapter is not a big spoiler fest. Um, it didn't give us, a, you know, the peak of the Jedi and everything like that. But honestly, I didn't expect it to be. Um, you know, I think it was just trying its best to set up the world. And, and I think it did a great job at that. Um, uh, it, it's hard to beat Mr. Soul's work, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it really set up the world. I think, I think chapter one really did a great job to set the foundation of what to expect for the future. Yeah. Um, and, and hearing what you just said, I didn't even read that. So that really does set up for the future. So, so Drew, now that we've kind of talked about what we thought, what we, what was inside the chapter itself, what do you think is going to end up happening, um, in the future? What do you think? Chapter two, chapter three, what do you think we're going to see? Um, well, I, I would say we're going to jump to, a Jedi immediately in, 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 chapter, in, two. in chapter two yeah, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, probably maybe the, the, our main, what appears to maybe be our main character in, in this novel. Yeah. Uh, I realize there's kind of like a band of characters, but right. um, the, the blonde haired uh, girl, Avar Cross or something like, yeah. Is that it? I think that's Avar Cross actually. Yeah. I may have just made that up. I don't know. It's a cool name. Shh, if it don't is don't tell up. them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something sim- similar to that. Avar I think. Chris or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Let me look it up. See if you can find it. Yeah, Avar Chris. Avar Chris. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. Close enough, right? Um, so I, I could see it maybe jumping to her because she seems like she's going to be a pretty important character to mm-hmm. to the High Republic. Um, but whatever happens, I think that this destruction, we have all of the this debris flying now um, in hyperspace. It's going to be going at accelerated speeds, almost like missiles impacting different places. I think that's going to. Um, I think some of that's probably going to end up hitting um, the space station that we've talked about before. Star. Oh man, what's it called? Off the top of my head, uh, the star something. I, I can't. Star, remember. Starlight beacon. Yes, starlight beacon. I think that there's a good chance um, maybe starlight beacon is hit. 
um, and probably some other um, important places. Mm-hmm. And this causes probably a lot of death. A lot of people die because of this. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of seen as a, and, and then on top of that, we probably get our first, uh, inter- they get their first introduction to this new enemy. And so all that kind of happens at once. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I have no doubt. I think that's exactly, that was my thoughts as well. I think in at chapter two, immediately after this destruction, we're going to just clip right over to Avar Chris uh, and some of the Jedis at the te- at their temple, you know, whatever they're doing, something light, something fluffy, I'm sure. Maybe they're, oh, they just got done training for the day or whatever it may be. And then as yeah. they're like talking and setting up those characters, foundations probably oh someone's going to come up and tell them or maybe mm-hmm. they see something coming out of the sky mm-hmm. or something like that well and we know starlight beacon is a space station that acts as kind of like a lighthouse designed to make navigation easier mm-hmm. because they don't currently have everything mapped out and so if let's say if that were to be destroyed or and not completely destroyed because we know that um in the in the main star wars comic that they actually um are planning to go to it yeah so it's not completely destroyed but maybe right. destroyed enough to to um not be able to help with navigation which then disable could, which it then to could some be degree, a yeah. um a big problem yeah and um and so i think that you know we we know that the incident for the high republic that kind of starts everything is the great disaster and right. so i don't think that the ship exploding is what they're calling the great disaster Probably. Um, not, no. I think maybe the effects from the ship exploding could potentially end up being called the Great Disaster, depending on just how severe these missile strikes are. And it's, it's really in interesting sense. that they, they are saying, like, you know, the whole part of the chapter is them, uh, you know, her saying, like, oh, I don't trust hyperspace. Yeah. You know, and how hyperspace at this point, everyone's kind of like, everyone uses it, but it's kind of like distressful when no one, like, everyone's like, oh, there's a lot of risk to using it. Yeah. So it would be kind of interesting if they use that mm-hmm. mechanism to set it up like that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think that plays a role. We know Starlight Beacon plays a role somehow. And we know that whatever this great disaster ends up completely being is the event that pulls all of these Jedi stories together. Right. And we know that we're getting this story told in different perspectives from different um, sources, from adult novels, junior novels, young adult novels, comics, and, and even more things that we've not been told exactly right. what that looks like yet. But yeah, so, exactly. um, I'm excited. I, yeah, this I'm, is I'm, one, this is one of the most exciting Star Wars projects uh, <laughs> right. in a while for me. Hundred uh, percent. Just seeing yeah. this entire new era and just um, what they can do with it, you know, and and uh, I'm really I'm really excited. I think it's going to be. Yeah, be I think there's a lot of fantastic potential with this. I, I mean, just reading the first chapter. I, I'll be honest with you, I was reading the first part, I'm like, okay, you know, it's whatever. And then when I got to that last part, especially that last sentence, oh my gosh, it pulled yeah. me in and so, I'm ready. Something else to uh, take note of is we also get the the uh, Chancellor um, in yeah, this. We learn who the Chancellor is, which is, um, um, I don't know if I can say this right, but it looks like Linuso Wrong. or, or Linuso. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I'm going to say Linuso. Visionary Chancellor Lanso leads the Republic, and then it's interesting that they say from the elegant city world of course. Yeah, elegant. Elegant. Uh, I don't think it's called yeah. elegant by the time of the prequels necessarily. The disgusting, corrupted <laughs> piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, so you know we're already getting a little bit more lore there, so that's yeah. interesting and. Yeah. Man, I'm just excited. So, so there's a lot of things. Like I said, this this chapter wasn't a spoiler fest. There wasn't a ton uh, of big things as, as I expected it to not have, right? Right, uh, right. But there's a lot of good little gems that if you really yeah. dig in and you dust them off, you can find them. Yeah, one question for you. Uh-huh. Do you uh-huh. think that there's any chance we will um, have any idea about Sith in the, in, during the High Republic? <sighs> That's a tricky sub, uh, subject because, as we are aware in episode one, nobody knew about the Sith. Correct. So, A, no. But the problem is, is that, like, you can't not have Sith, right? Like, if you have the Jedi, you can't not have the Sith. Well, you have to think, if if the if there is any Sith in it, then if, it, like, let's say some Jedi find out about the Sith, they'd have to be immediately killed. Well, that's, because- that's what I was about to say. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're, like I said, they, it very well may show the Jedi. We might see I, a story. Yeah, and they might, like I said, they might come across a couple of them and they have to kill them. I would say I feel like it's a it's a missed opportunity to not 
show us who the Sith were at that time. Yeah. Just to know. Like, I don't need it to be, I don't even need them to be like a huge part of the well, story. But it would just be cool to see like, who is the master and apprentice right. during that period? Well, we got, so we have the, the Nile, right? Yeah. So maybe like, we're going to just see like these people, like them talking to these figures, well, and, you know and what I'm saying? When the Republic, High Republic um, was first announced, you know, we, we had a big long talk about what we think could happen and mm-hmm. lots of things. And we had discussed then about, well, maybe there's potential that the Sith and hiding or what are kind of pushing the Nile to do what they're doing. Yeah. I don't really think that's the case. I don't think the Sith are going to be heavily involved in the story at all. But I just think it would be cool to find out who are the, who is the Sith Lord at the time mm-hmm. of the High Republic because there is one. Oh right? yeah, I mean, there has to be. There's one in hiding, um, and I just I really want to know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to know as well. I mean, potentially it could be Darth Plagueis. Yeah, I mean, uh, depending because we don't at this time don't know his life, his species. Yeah, we don't really know the life. Sp- like yeah, yeah, so it's it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of good potential here, and I'm definitely excited to see what uh, High Republic brings to us in the future. So yeah, do you have anything else to say about it? I'm yeah. good. I think I'm, I'm All right. good to well, go. Well, so. guys, there's going to be some really cool stuff to look forward to there. Um, that first novel is going to be uh, coming in January, uh, alongside the middle grade novel, A Test of Courage. Mm-hmm. Those will both be released on January 5th, and then we will get the young adult novel, Into the Dark, by the excellent Claudia Gray. Um, yes, absolutely. That will hit shells on February 2nd. And we don't have dates yet for the comics, so just uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, it's just going to be good stuff. Absolutely. And, and this is only the first part of a much bigger story. Uh, so we're going to continue to see new things being released from the High Republic. So uh, keep your your eyes out for that stuff. It's going to be good. I guarantee it. I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. But we want to thank everyone so much for the continued support towards the podcast. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for weekly news, polls, discussions, and more. Please send in as many questions as you want, and we'll get to all of those. We love hearing from you guys. Please also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. Um, And just another reminder that we will not be uh, having a episode next week due to travel however uh we might try to throw maybe a little something in for you guys on on our facebook or yeah uh we'll we'll see just where things are if we get any interesting news stories maybe we'll do a little um a little uh live thing we can talk about it or something you know we'll see but absolutely um but until next time may the force be with you and we thank you for joining the jedi eternal